the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The subject of this sermon is repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And I doubt that comes of any surprise to you. It's not like you don't hear about forgiveness of sins, which is the very nerve center of the gospel repeatedly from this pulpit. And it very well may be that you are simply a little weary of hearing about it. You might feel a little bit like crying out. Uh, like Mr. Bill, you know the character Mr. Bill from from the old Saturday Night uh, Live show. He was this animated, as adorable but goofy-looking character of clay. And Mr. Bill was constantly subjected to various abusive situations. And his famous cry was, "Oh no! Oh no!" I, I hope you don't feel like Mr. Bill, because repentance. And forgiveness of sins is indeed the topic of this sermon. But it has an interesting fact. Repentance and forgiveness of sins stand like these two giant bookends for the gospel message. John, at one end, John the Baptist, at the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, as he was preparing the way for Jesus' ministry, called for repentance and for, for forgiveness of sins. And in our lesson today in Luke, we see that the preaching of the forgiveness Repentance and forgiveness of sins is the very last charge that Jesus gives his church. In fact, it's the very last thing that he says before he ascended. Repentance for forgiveness of sins should be preached in my name to all nations. And so it's just simply pretty clear that repentance for forgiveness of sins is the alpha and the omega, uh, the very core substance of Christianity. So it should not come as any surprise whatsoever that the early church uh, took this very, very seriously. This was the primary message uh, that Jesus gave them to to, uh, deliver to the world, to wit. Look at Peter's sermon that we find this morning uh, from the book of Acts. Uh, This is an interesting little scene in the life of the early church. Peter and John had just healed uh, this man who was born Lame, a beggar, and the people were absolutely amazed at the healing. And Peter said, and I'll just read this couple of verses. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Why do you stare at us as, as if by our own power we made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our father, glorified his servant Jesus to make this happen. Whom you delivered and denied and had and released him to Pilate, but you... Uh, and, and you asked for a murderer to be granted you in his stead, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. We are witness to this, and by his name, by faith in his name, we've made this man strong. But it's for you, verse 19, repent, therefore, and turn again for the forgiveness of sins, that your sins may be blotted out. In other words, Peter is saying, you are amazed by this healing? Of this layman, but this is just an illustration of what God can do for you. Listen, Peter is saying, this is what you need. Now, how are you getting along? You may not be lame, but you need cleansing. Your soul needs cleansing. And what happened to this man is just a foretaste of what will happen to us by repenting, turning to Jesus. And you'll find this over and over again throughout the book of Acts. The point being, 
We are standing here at the very beginning of the Christian churches. This is the message that the church was sent out with. Peter didn't come with these soft and delicate words, flattering doctrines concerning the sweetness of human nature and the excellence of grabbing up by your bootstrap self-help in these earnest endeavors to rectify yourself and our lapsed condition. None of that. He knew such mealy-mouthedness would fail Jesus' charge. Peter, like all the early preachers, he called sin a sin, and his, current, and his sermons cut, as did all of the early sermons of the church. The gospel message was intended to wound the conscience and go straight to the heart, as we see Peter doing here, and then point them, not to leave them there, but then point them to the only name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, the New Testament Repentant means turn in a different direction. It doesn't mean clean up your act. You know, at the airport, you check your baggage, but you don't check your baggage to turn and go to Jesus. You bring your baggage just as you are to forgive to Jesus for forgiveness. And moreover, repentance is more than just feeling remorse, sorry for sins, remorse without hope is, theologically speaking, hell. Literally, it is hell to grieve for sins with bitter remorse and have no hope. And this is what happened to Judas. He had bitter remorse, but he had no hope, and he could not take it any longer. And he hung himself. Peter also experienced bitter remorse, but Peter, but Peter turned, and he went to Jesus for, for forgiveness. And he found life. This is the Christian gospel. You know, there is no other gospel. And as long as I have power to breathe, uh, I'll preach it. And I'm not saying that every sermon should, should sound alike. But really, to quote Martin Luther, if the great sublime article called Forgiveness of Sins is correctly understood, it makes one a genuine Christian. This is the very reason why it must be taught in Christendom with unflagging diligence and without ceasing. As long as we live here below, we shall have enough to, to do to learn this article of forgiveness of sins. No need to look for anything new, anything higher, anything better. Luther. How can Luther make such a bold statement? It's because when men and women really get it, they see, them, they see that they have ultimately owned only one primary problem in all of life, and that's alienation from God. Sin alienates us from God. And I'm not talking about the other guy that you know, and I know I'm talking about you and me. And the world offers us absolutely no solution. This is the solution. There's only two things that keep us from reconciliation with God. The very thing that we need for this life and the next. And one is not recognizing our sinfulness. Like the poor, pathetic Pharisee in the temple who thanked God that he wasn't like other, like other sinners. The Bible is out to cut you and to bring you down. Not to leave you there, but so he can bring you up. So that's the first thing that keeps us from reconciliation to God. Not recognizing our sinfulness. But the other thing, on the flip side of that... Is experience and remorse okay, but not knowing what to, to do with the guilt. And that's why the psalmist wrote, Blessed is 
is the man whose transgressions are forgiven. Not blessed is the man who has not sinned, but, but blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven. And Jesus is the only one that can make it happen. And he never, ever once turned down someone who turned to him, regardless of the baggage that they brought along. He did, did he not say, whosoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. This is the gospel. I love the gospel. And suffice it to say, I hope you do, too. I hope you don't feel like Mr. Bill. Perhaps I love to preach it so much is because I need to hear it again and again and again and again more than anyone else here in church. Repentance for forgiveness of sins. This is not just one of a number of views of life that can help you. Uh, This is the hope that God has given a grace thirsty world. As we sang, as long as the deer for cooling stream and parched and barren ways, so long my soul, O God, for thee and thy refreshing grace. John, uh, Jane, my wife, brought me a little present the other day, and it was an antique hourglass. And I leave, it, I leave this hourglass on my desk as, as, a, as a reminder to quote the old soap opera, as sand in an hourglass, so are the days of our lives. But, you know, I don't find it morbid. I don't find it gloomy. It's just, it's just a reality check. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Death is nearer and nearer every day. And beyond that is one great question. Am I reconciled with God? Repent, therefore. Turn to him that your sins may be blotted out. And throughout life you will carry in your hip pocket a title deed to heaven. May God draw reluctant hearts and now give doubting souls courage to believe this for Jesus' sake.